Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. This is it. This is Top Flag Time Machine. I am Andy Hotbody Dawson. Bow, bow, bow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? Welcome along, it's the Friday episode, but we're doing it on Thursday evening, because if you're IFS, you get it early, and uh, you've just been telling me that's chip night, Sam, Thursday night, chip night, is, is Thursday night, chip night's made a return, it did, we took a break from chip night for a few months, but it's come back. Was that a natural break, or was it something you decided? No, I think I, think I probably decided... Last year when I was trying to lose some weight, I probably cancelled everyone's fun. But without actually saying it, I just sort of started cooking something else on a Thursday. So unilaterally. Yeah, I, I punished meat. everyone else for my fatness. <laughs> You'll all pay. <laughs> That's how families can work sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but now it's back. And um, tonight, me and Len got out the... Deep fat fry. It was actually, to be honest, it was partly um, congratulations to him because it, he's in year six and he just got his sort of confirmation yesterday that he's going to, of what secondary school he's going to. And it's the one that he was hoping to go to. Got the one he wants, yeah. Nice one. And um, and his, uh, and a couple of his best pals got into the same school. So he's got a couple of lads oh, to start with, which is always nice. So he, he was buzzing off his nut to mm-hmm. use a um, contemporary idiom. And, it's in there, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And uh, it also, on top of that, well, but, uh, well, but day. Um, was there a costume involved? Any well, kind of no, up? because there was a bloody strike, wasn't there? There was oh, a, no. the, te- the teachers went on strike day. Luckily for him, his school always do World Book Day on the Friday following World Book Day, if you see what I mean. That's when you had the fancy World dress. Book- Boxing Day. Well, but Boxing Day. So, uh, so yeah. So, he's not missing out on anything there. He stayed at home and he had his feet up all day in his dressing gown. And nice. I was quite busy in and out of the Vita Modular doing this, that and the other. And so, I had to sort of do what I call speed parenting. <laughs> uh, because we yeah. didn't we didn't know that it was going to be a strike. It didn't get confirmed until an email this morning. So, all I just right. he had to go on the day. So... There was a point at which I ran through the room, the living room, on my way out the back to the Vita Modular, and I could see he was just on his laptop playing football manager. So I had to operate very quickly. So as I went, raced through the room, I just shouted the words, read a bloody book or I won't make you any lunch. <laughs> Good speed parenting. Yeah, you just sometimes got to shout. you you got to go straight in without any negotiation. you just got to make a, a pretty big threat yeah. and, and do it quick. As, as as my son said, though, in a similar situation in the past, but football managers reading, it's all words. Oh, fuck's sake. They've got, they got an answer for everything, these kids, haven't yeah. they? Scamps. Bloody scams. Hey, well, do you know what um, I nearly did earlier? I didn't do it. I wish I'd done it for the content, but I'm going to tell you about the thought that crossed my mind anyway because the thought alone amused me, and I thought it might amuse you. 
I was at my me- here for it. I was at my media hub, the one I've spoken of before. Mm, yeah. And um, I was on my way out, and I'd paid the bill. I just, I just had a coffee. That's all I'd had. And mm. uh, as I was leaving, the the bar person, there was only one on duty, he had nipped, mm. I don't know, out back to get something. And they were clearly planning for some sort of event that evening because they had some fancy food lying around on a table that Ooh. and drink that weren't usually then. It looked like it was lining up for an event. <laughs> I'm not joking. This sounds like something from a sitcom, but there was a there was no one else around, and there was a plate of cream cakes, Andy. Ooh! <laughs> and I just Sam. stopped in my tracks. I had my coat on. I had my back, my rucksack on. I was leaving. I was on my way home for chip night. I was on my way home to cook the chips. Right, I thought there's potatoes need peeling. How many how many cream cakes were there, Sam? There was on the plate four large slices of the Victoria sponge with a thick layer of jam and cream sandwiched between the two bits of moist sponge. And I'm not joking, I stopped in my tracks, right? And I looked over one shoulder to check that the barman wasn't there. He wasn't. Then I looked over the other shoulder to see if there were any other patrons who were (laughs) there. And there was just one couple in the corner, but they seemed lost in conversation. And I thought... <laughs> I could have a bit. I could have it away on my toes with a bit of this fucking cream cake, and no cunt would ever know. Except they oh. would, because they'd have come out and they'd have gone. Hang on, there were four bits of cream cake there a minute ago, and now there's only one, and that door's still flapping in the wind, and that <laughs> cunt Delaney's disappeared. Right in the meantime, like a dog with a string of sausages. Exactly, but it seems so brilliantly Beano. It's, it's like mm. something straight from the pages of Beano, which is really how it's the lifestyle I aspire to, is living life Gosh, like a do. character from the Beano. And just for the banter and the content, I just wish that I'd nicked a, a slice of cream cake. I didn't. I bottled it. But as I went down the stairs, I thought, I'm going to tell Andy this, because I actually chuckled out mm. loud to myself, which I do regularly throughout the day when I think of things, because <laughs> I just think <laughs> the idea of a 47-year-old man stealing a cream cake... He's fucking brilliant. <laughs> and I tell you this much, the next time I get an opportunity, I will not think twice. If any listeners have ever stolen a cream cake in childhood or adulthood, but you do get extra mm-hmm. points for it being in adulthood, please mm-hmm. get in touch and tell us. Definitely, definitely do that. You've just reminded me of the cream cakes that my mum used to make when I was a kid. Mm. And they were just classic sponge cake, mm. right? Cut, sliced. Through the middle. Across yeah. the middle. A layer, a layer of cream. Yeah. Which must have been as, about as thick three as the sponge. Inches. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. It must have been about three inches. Whipped and then a layer fuck. of jam. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and a layer of strawberry jam on top of that. You can't get better than that. The and then some icing sugar. Yeah. Dusting. Dusting. The the sort of, you can't get better than that, oh, mate. That's what this God. cake was. My mum made, made cakes like that too. And and I don't think... All, all cakes are nice, to be honest, pretty much. But yeah. I, can't, I can't think of a shit cake. But that cake that you just described is basically as good as it gets. It's top-tier cake, god-level cake. Yeah. You can't buy that in the shops because they wouldn't give you that much cream. Because of the nanny state. Oh, yeah. They would in other countries, but people are tight. We've we, we talked about this before, about cream teas in this country. And you go, mm. I mean, I'll always... My my um 
my big cream tea time of year is Isle of Wight in the summer. Yeah. And uh, there's there's several tea rooms there that I frequent, right? <laughs> that I patronise. And, yeah. um, and they never give you enough fucking cream. They bring over these big fucking scones, a big pot of jam, and they give you some pissant little fucking tiny, teeny thimble yeah. full of clotted cream. Yeah. And I... Yeah. I don't fuck around, right? Everyone, they're, they're dependent on the fact that most British people, particularly English people, are mm. pinch-faced introverts, right? <laughs> that, that The English yeah. are a fucking nation of pinch-faced introverts and uptight nincompoops, right? That's the English. But not me, I buck the yeah. trend. Maybe it's my Celtic blood, I don't know. But I'll be like, Oi, governor. <laughs> I'd like some extra cream, please. I beg your pardon. I'm going to need more cream than that. You seen the size of this scone? You seen the size of me? I'm a big lad. I'm going to need... I mean, I'm not joking. I'll need five or six times this amount of cream. And they go, well, I'm afraid that's... You'll have to pay. They always do that. Again, they're relying oh, on yeah, that. Yeah. Another yeah. thing English people are, is fucking tight, right? Yeah. And they'll be like, People might want cream, but once you hit them with a fucking bill for it, they'll run a mile. Not me, mate. I'll go, fine. How much? Yeah, bring it on. How much is it? Yeah. It's 50 pence an extra portion. Bring us another 10 fucking portions then. Get get, get a 20 pound note out and just bang it down and go, yeah, keep it coming. Yeah. Keep it coming until like, uh, I say stop. Like, like uh, a bar fly in an American <laughs> yeah. film. Just keep the fucking... With the bourbon. Cr- Oi. Keep them coming. Keep the fucking cream coming until I say I'll stop. Do you understand? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'll fucking say when I've had enough. <laughs> and that's how I operate when it comes to cream tea shops, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but everything used to be... We all used to be so cream heavy. Yeah. Cream was everywhere. Good. And now... I mean, I've just had a look there because we talked about them before. There used to be adverts for cream cakes Eat more in this cream. With some of, yeah. funnily enough, with the creme de la creme of British acting and I'm entertainment talent. Now. I'll tell you the names. Go Frankie on. Howard. Yeah. Barbara Windsor. Best bun. Kenneth Williams. Oh. Les Dawson and Roy Barraclough as Sissy and Ada. Okay, yeah. Larry Grayson. <laughs> One more. Yeah. One more. Tommy fucking Cooper. What you're describing is the greatest advertising campaign of all time. Of all time. Yes. I don't know if it won awards. I don't know if, <laughs> who fucking made them, whether it was Ridley Scott or who, but you do not get better than that. What an array of talent, and crucially, what a fucking product. Cream. Yeah. Best product you can it get. Is, it's just a close-up of each of those stars in each advert. Black screen behind. Yeah. No, nothing no fucking just, about. Just, just no pyrotechnics, no CGI, no, no cunt in a gorilla suit drumming. Yeah, yeah, just the star and the cream cake. Yeah, for twenty seconds or whatever it was. And, and it's, it's, it's the it's it's the style that, that they nicked for the whisper adverts. It is, yeah. Where Peter Cook and Dudley Moore did them, and uh, and there was one other uh, campaign, lesser known, not as good, that used it, which was I can't remember what the line was, but it was for Sainsbury's. And it had different celebrities, it, it, same thing, on a on a black background, and they were simply cooking their signature dish using right. Sainsbury's ingredients. And I remember, because 
inexplicably, and you can check this on YouTube because it'll be on there, inexplicably, one of the celebrities was Dennis Healy. It was Dennis wow. Healy cooking fucking pasta with tomato and mozzarella or something mental. I vaguely remember that, yeah. I don't know what cunt came up with that idea. I mean, like, oh, do you remember that? Because this was in the 80s, right? Do you remember that guy who was Chancellor of the Exchequer 15 years ago under under the, that Labour government that no one liked? Yeah. Yeah. Why don't we get him in an advert for our supermarket cooking pasta? <laughs> oh, I don't know. It seems a bit left field. No, it's not. Everyone loves Dennis Healy, right? If there's one thing the British public like... It's former chancellors of the Exchequer. They have a huge nostalgia for them. <laughs> that Mike that Mike Yellwood used to do a fairly passable impersonation of. Yeah, guy with Every massive fucking eyebrows, huge eyebrows. Let's get him. He'll be good. Everyone wants to know what he cooks for his dinner in the evening, don't <laughs> they? And when they find out, they'll all want to fucking emulate him. Dennis Ely was effectively an influencer of his time. Yeah. If there's the one thing the we know, the next day. if there's one thing we know, it's it's that people want to eat what Dennis Healy eats, right? So oh, yeah, we used to do it in the in the playground, didn't we? Yeah, we'd, we'd all go. We'd play let's Dennis play, Healy. Let's play Labour government. Yeah. Oh, I want to be Dennis Healy. I want to be Dennis Healy. No, no, I'm, I'm Dennis De- Healy. You were Dennis Healy yesterday. Yeah, you'd I'm be James. You'd be Cal- Jim Callaghan. You'd, you'd be Roy Jenkins. Fuck that splitter. Uh, I'm not being him. He fucked off to form the SDP, the fucking Judas. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right, then. You be Barbara Castle. I'm not being a bird. (laughs) (laughs) I'm now looking at an advert that Dennis Healy was in for Visa. Visa cards. Fucking hell. I tell you what, for a socialist, he weren't shy about earning a few fucking quid out of the capitalist system, was he? And and he's outside a Thresher off-licence, and I (laughs) recognise the other guy in it. The other guy, there's some, like, hip-hop graffiti. I reckon this will be about 1989, 1990. Dennis Healy in an advert for Visa. No sign of the other advert that you said. Getting back to fresh cream cake stuff, or you're too distracted. Uh, I found a web page called Nostalgia Pie. What uh, you haven't done is, mate, is just remind the audience of what, as if they hadn't already heard enough about that ad campaign to conclude it was the best ad campaign ever. And I know what you're thinking. Is it up there with the lamb chops? Well, that lamb chops advert, that was one ad. And I think it probably was the best ad ever made, but it was just one ad in isolation. They didn't have a campaign that, you know, maintained that consistent standard. Um, But remind people what the strap line was for the cream cake for the cream um ad campaign i'm just coming to that yeah in this in this web page uh i'll read the whole paragraph there was a back in the 70s and 80s there was a television and press advertisement campaign of which cream cakes were the subject that still blows my mind still blows my mind to this day we need to get the (laughs) we need to get the public eating more fucking cream cakes now how are we going to do it the fucking Arthur, he's unfurred quite enough. <laughs> we need to get them clogged up with lots of lovely cream. <laughs> the ad campaign was sponsored by the National Dairy Council in association with the now defunct Milk Marketing Board. <laughs> I wish it wasn't. Uh, who, of course, sponsored the Milk Cup. 
as well. Uh, and I'll, let, a, I'll let they, you try. To be fair, they had a lot of marketing spend, didn't they? Oh, they were good. They, we're going to sponsor. We're going to sponsor the League Cup. We're going to do a load of adverts with fucking Tommy Cooper in. We're going to spend, spend, spend until every cunt in this country is drunk on milk. <laughs> and I want you, Sam, to end this sentence for me. Complete this sentence if you can. I was also surprised to learn that the naughty but nice slogan, mm. which of course is the slogan you were referring to, was coined by a humble, little-known young copywriter named... Well, I've got to say Salman Rushdie. Yes! Yes. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Fanny mad yeah. Salman Rushdie. If I'm not chasing Fanny, I'm flogging cream. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and sometimes excellent sometimes both things at once <laughs> yeah naughty but nice and I'm not talking about my cock actually I am <laughs> the line works both ways <laughs> both ways eh what yeah. about that madam see double meaning everything I say they don't dish out literary prizes to any cunt you know <laughs> oh fat was <laughs> <laughs> Ah, fucking hell there you go Salman Rushdie who we spoke about recently yep. that might have been an IFS episode I can't remember yeah. they all blur together but if you, if you didn't hear it oh us. talking of the IFS as well um, just to remind those listen, the freeloaders listening to this free to air episode why they should be members not only do you get extra Salman Rushdie chat <laughs> right <laughs> you also I've just put for those who are interested in my chip night and the return of the uh, deep fat fryer which, by the way, we got out as a treat for Len. It was to celebrate the fact mm. he got into his school, so he asked for the deep fat fryer out. Um, I filmed a little bit of me make of me frying the chips. I fry. I filmed the deep fat fryer in action and posted the video for IFS Turbo members only, and it's up there Lovely. now. So if you've been Lovely toying stuff. with the idea of upgrading to IFS Turbo, which is the best of all the levels, then not mm-hmm. only this week would you have got a exclusive video tour of the Vita Modular, which I posted yesterday, you will also get a glimpse at me frying chips in my own deep fat fryer today. So think Lovely. on. Wonderful stuff. I think I'm going to start a series where I randomly select one record from my ridiculously vast record collection. Yeah. And uh, try and pontificate about <laughs> it. a minute it. talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because my mother's so much that I've acquired from charity shops and car Speaking books, of which, ludicrous. mate, um, uh, aside from it being World Book Day, also congratulations on it being New Sparks Content Day, I heard on the radio this oh, morning. Oh, yeah. I heard the exclusive um, release of uh, the first airplay of the new Mm. Spark single, which I think is called The Girls Crying Into Her Latte. The Girls Crying Into Her Latte, yeah. Good name for a song. I heard it and I thought, yeah, I'm not that au fait with the the Sparks. Um, Mm. But I heard it and I thought, I was driving along and I thought, oh, Andy will be happy about this. I shall turn it up. And I thought, yeah, it's good. But uh, what was almost as good as the song itself was just the little chat that they did beforehand. I just found them very... Oh, did they do something, did they? Yeah, they'd recorded a little thing introducing it. Oh, excellent. Yeah, it's a great song. New album soon. 
and live shows. Jalapeño. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you wouldn't be hearing this brief but annoying message if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Jalapeño. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Jalapeño. We were going to have a quick look at the missing Budgerigar Bureau. Yes. appeared on the BBC Archive Facebook and Twitter the yeah. other day. Yeah. Uh, it's just three minutes and 56 seconds. I don't see why we can't get through that in the rest of this episode. Mm. So, yeah. so short. There's so, so little going on. <clears throat> 1973, um, the BBC reported on the stirring detective work of the sole member of Hartlepool's legendary missing Budgerigar Bureau. And it's not on YouTube. You have to find it it's on, on the Facebook BBC archive on, the, on their Facebook. Yeah, or they post yeah, most of that stuff on Twitter as well, don't they? They do, but yeah. they haven't put it on YouTube for whatever reason. So we've got um, a big birdhouse in a park in Hartlepool. There's a man sitting reading a newspaper with his dog sitting on his lap. They're not pertinent. They're just there for window dressing. Um, <clears throat> whatever its shortcomings in Hartlepool, there's no shortage of budgies. Now, we've spoken of this before. We... I had budgies, singular, one at a time. Yeah. I always yeah, wanted a budgie. Yeah, the first one we had was called Jock, and then we had a one called Mickey. Um, and great there's, great there's, names. There's possibly a third one. My, brother, my brother's convinced there was a third one, mm. but no one else in the family remembers it, so we think it might have been a ghost budgie. Do you remember that <laughs> you know? bit in Dumb and Dumber where they where the budgery guard's head falls off? And they, I've never seen Dumb and Dumber. Oh to be my honest. god! A budgery guy's head falls off, right? And they right. fucking, but it belongs to a blind boy, and they just <laughs> they sellotape the head back onto the body of the budgery, <laughs> <laughs> and they give it back to the blind boy. <laughs> <laughs> Awful, great terrible, film, terrible Re- stuff. Really great film, but. Yeah, I mean, budgies. Everyone had a budgie, pretty much, back in the 70s. I wish I'd like, had one, yeah. It was very much a pet of the 70s. Pool. Yeah, well, that's they, why this they, bloke made so much money. This man, Alan Moon. Alan Moon? fucking Alan Moon, formerly of the Electricity Board, now yes. freelance... Full-time. ...budgie hunter. 
Yeah, it says it says on the, on the piece he is available around the clock. Yeah, <laughs> that one, three in the morning. Yeah, found a budgie. He's, ring Alan he's Moon. He sat there. Alan Moon sat there and straight away. As soon as it's revealed that his name's Alan Moon, I'm already on board. I'm like, oh, I'm well into it. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. oh, I six- really like this Alan Moon guy. And the first we see of him, he's in his living room and he's playing the organ. Let's have a little listen. Yeah. Oh, is it? Show me the way Alan to go home. Alan if you phone Alan on Hartlepool 68136, the answer you'll get may make you think that he's trying to send you up. So he does this, uh, he, uh, the phone <laughs> does ring. At that stage, i got to tell you, when I watched this, right, my wife showed me this and I hadn't seen the headline. She just said, watch this, and she pressed play. So I didn't know what was coming. So first yeah. of all, I thought, right, Hartlepool, the 1970s, I'm interested. <laughs> Then it said, this bloke's called Alan Moon. And I'm like, I'm definitely interested. Then he's yes. playing the organ and I'm like, I'm sold on this, right? I'm already <laughs> practically right, right, I need to text Andy now, right? <laughs> but then they go, if you call him on this number, you, you might think his answer, you might think he's sending you up. He picks up the phone and I'm genuinely imagining him going, all right, con. All right, con. <laughs> <laughs> Because he looks like he's going to say something like that. But in fact, what he says is this. Let's have it. Missing butchery garbage roll. <laughs> Missing butchery garbage <laughs> Says it completely normally. So it's a normal yeah, thing to well, say. Yeah, it's normal. Yeah. It's normal to Alan. And then, uh, yeah, he does this phone conversation, which is clearly staged. Um, because they Let's listen to a bit, because it's really funny. Okay. Missing budgie garby at all? Yes, yes. Yes, yes. You found a budgie. A green white one. Are there any rings on it? <laughs> there are no rings on. Well, we can't identify it straight away, but uh, what's the address, please? Doesn't write it down. Mm-hmm. No, memorise it. Right, yeah. well, it'll be all right if I come round and, uh, and pick it up for you. For you. Good. I will see you shortly. Thank you very much. He doesn't fuck around, does he? Do you know who he reminds me of? The Equaliser with Edward Woodward. He was like Hartlepool's answer (laughs) to the Equaliser, wasn't he? (laughs) Yeah. I don't write anything down. I don't write anything down because then you leave a paper trail. trail, yeah. I I can't afford that. No one's getting in here. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, it's all stored up there. It's like Fort Knox up there. The fucking Russians aren't getting in here. I tell you that for nothing. (laughs) So he picks up uh, his empty budgie cage, which obviously he uses to uh, rescue these budgies that have been found. Uh, he's been doing it for 16 years. He's got a brilliant handmade sign next to his front door. Did you notice that? <laughs> no. As he leaves the house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it just says, it's like a wooden rectangular sign of painted white, white lettering, missing budgery garb bureau. This is his official HQ. Yeah, yeah. Where he lives. Number it's 67. Like, it's a bit like Tracy Island, isn't it? Out of Thunderbirds. <laughs> kind of, yeah. So uh, there he goes, off out of the gate um, and into the car with his empty cage. Now that he's retired from the electricity board, he's on call most of the time to hurry out to collect budgies who've escaped, only to find the bracing air of Hartlepool is a bit too exhausting. <laughs> the budgies have got out through the window less. of the house. Jesus Christ, it's fucking freezing out here. I'm going to seek refuge. He turns up with his house. The reason he asked about the rings on the budgie earlier on is we'll find that later on. So you identify them. He puts them. rings on them when he rescues them and he puts them in a ledger. Right, So yeah. he's not only rescuing them, he's also uh, logging them mm. for future uh, future needs. 
but we get to that anyway. This is a fantastic bit where he rescues the budgie. He knocks on the door. The woman in the house answers the door with the budgie in her hand. Yeah, with a kid next to her. Wearing a, a, a lovely dress as well, mate. I don't know if you noticed that. Very colourful. I didn't notice that, but we'll, I'll have a look in a minute mm. when we go through it again. Uh, and the conversation's great. And he basically offers to give her the budgie back if nobody claims it. And he says, will you give it a good home? And she kind of goes, uh, yeah. She's <laughs> kind of like, I wasn't really expecting to be offered a budgie, but yeah. Oh, that's my so, favourite bit, is when she says, yeah. Yeah, do you, let's do you hear want it. it. Let's hear it. <laughs> good morning. Are you the lady that found the budgie? Yes, when did you find it? Yesterday, in the backyard. Thank you. Well, he's got no rings on, so we can't uh, can't tell you who it belongs to. Okay, now. Yes, please. She doesn't. What I like about it is, is it like to me, like being offered a budgie is number one really big decision to make taking a budgie. Yeah, on. do you know what I mean? Isn't it? It's a commitment. Yeah. And number two, it's quite exciting. And mm. I'd be really definitive. I'd either be no, sorry, can't, don't have the time, or like my kid, no. my kid's allergic, or no, just not in the right life stage for me to take on a yeah. budgie, right? Or if I was yes, and the kid was, I'd be like, do you know what? We'd love to, wouldn't we? Yeah. And it'd be like, yeah. And she just says it like she's sad. She goes, yes, please, yes, please. Yes, I I'll have the, <laughs> Yes, I will have this budgie. <laughs> <laughs> yes yes I will and she says it quickly without hesitation but sad it, it, that's it it's the combination of being yeah. quick but sad is a rare combination yeah. yes yes please I will yes, ha- please. I've thought this through fully and I will take on this budgie for the rest of its natural life <laughs> so it's a budgie home <laughs> Uh, I can always just let it go again. <laughs> I don't want it. Oh, um, God. So. Alan Moon. Get, Alan Moon takes the budgie back home in the cage. And it says. <laughs> let's see what it says next. This is brilliant. Back home, Alan carefully rings every budgie and hopes that its owner will turn up to pay him his 20 pence recovery charge. Oh, I want pay. <laughs> 20 pence. Why your own yeah, exactly. heads, you cunt? The rings, yeah. the petrol, the the budgie food. Yeah, twenty p. I'm I'm cutting my own arm off. I should be the charging more. At the bottom of the cage. Oh, <laughs> that. And I'm thinking this. I'm thinking. Well, fucking hell, twenty pence per budgie in 1974. I mean, yeah, is it or 1973? 1973. Okay, it's not it's not a, a, a small amount, but mm. I'm thinking. You know, he's not doing too well on this. It's no, just he's not. He's not a rich man. Although uh, well, he can afford an next... organ in his house. Well, let's hear the next bit. And so far, he's returned nearly a thousand birds to their owners. Do a the... thousand? Do the maths. At 20 pence a pot? Even these days, that would be a lot of money. What's that, 200 quid? That's 200 quid, mate. Me more, more pressing question is this. How the fuck have a thousand budgies gone missing? <laughs> what the fuck's going on with the people of fucking Hartlepool? Yeah. Why don't, if oh. you're going to fucking get a fucking budgie, do, do it properly. Don't just fucking get yeah. a budgie and then leave the fucking cage door open and the windows open. 
Well, you can leave the cage door open because they need to get out and about and have a bit of a fly around, but make sure you've shut the fucking windows. Plus, as well, Rule it's, fu- one, isn't it? it's fucking freezing outside, so what you got the fucking windows open for anyway? Yeah. Fuck me. Fucking Hartlepool so in put- the 70s. It was freezing, wasn't it? Of course it was. Before global uh, warming or anything. He's putting the ring on the budgie now. The budgie's going fucking nuts, going... Oscar really Oscar was really perturbed by this bit when I was playing downstairs <laughs> Oscar earlier. was like is there a budgie was, in the ass I thought yeah, I had yeah. a budgie no it's just a budgie <laughs> on the telly he's looking I'm, I'm playing on the laptop and he's looking at the bit where the speaker is on the laptop and he's staring at it <sighs> intently like thinking a budgie was going to come out of the laptop or something if he, if he even knows what a budgie is so there it is it's in the cage um, waiting to see if it'll be uh rehoused he's filled the town's aviary already which we saw at the beginning with untraced budgies um, so now he keeps them all in his back garden which is good because he's a trained uh, he's an expert breeder of budgies mm. uh, and he has got 10 rosettes from last season alone oh, oh yeah he's got says. them all stuck up in his budgie shed he hasn't has, he they're all, all various different colours yeah. my question is this what are the dates of the budgie season how long does it last What's oh, that yeah. about? Yeah, interesting. It says he won 10 rosettes last season alone. Is it like football season? September to May? I mean, what, you know. Or is, is it, it shorter like than the, that? The school over year? Over the summer months? Is it the school academic year? I don't know. I don't know. What happens in the close season? Do they buy and sell budgies in the transfer market? Yeah. Too many questions. Not for another time. Uh, and the key to Alan's success is his black budgie book. And all the budgies that he's... Uh, got he rings them and he puts them into the book he writes them in so then if they go on the run again they've got this ring on it can identify who it belongs to and return it straight away very very clever he's logged 4612 budgies sam hang on how many people what was the population of fucking hartlepool back then i mean 4615 <laughs> every fucker's got at least one budgie i think so <laughs> that was how it was back then mm. uh and then uh, we see quite a sad bit. When it, oh, I'll just I'll just play it because he uh, he just draws a line through one of the budgies in the book. Oh. At the request of their owners, not all of them, of course, are still with us. And when a known budgie goes to the big seed shop in the sky, Nicely its cut. name is carefully removed from the register. <laughs> its carefully name is carefully removed. removed. Carefully, from the mind. Because you've got to respect. You can't just be putting a line straight through slapdash because that bird, that bird, uh, that was a life and it and it demands respect. So if I remove was... a dead bird's name from my ledger, I do so with the utmost respect and I do it very carefully. We've just seen him do it. He just draws a line through it. <laughs> Not that careful. <laughs> it puts the book away. There you go. There's another one dead. R.I.P. <laughs> yeah, we'll see some budgies here. R.I.P. Mr. Feathers. <laughs> Alan Feathers. Uh, Alan Feathers the third. And then we just see all the budgies in there. Yeah, I had to remove his name from the ledger a few years back. Now this. Soon there'll be... The, le- the Feathers lineage will be gone forever. <laughs> and that's basically it. 
basically it. That's but your, what's uh, nice about it is, is that in uh, you know, just in all seriousness, and you see that with a lot of these uh, BBC archive things, is what that is is really it, that's real journalism, right? Is that like yeah. people think of journalism? It always has to cover like world events and big dramas or war. But, and yeah, that's that's a legitimate. Of course, it's a good form of journalism too. Although mm. a lot of journalism nowadays is just it's just very sensationalist, and it's also very saddening uh, because people yeah. want high emotion out of out of news. It's become too much like clickbait. And the thing is, back then, and we see this from the BBC archive stuff that you know I think we both follow is that that what what it should really do is document the times we live in. And that doesn't just mean yeah. the big stuff. It means the small stuff, which in many ways is more reflective of the world as it was then. Because, you know, yeah. the world is not defined by its most extreme events, right? And I really like the way this was put together because it looked nice. It was very compelling. It was sort mm. of heartwarming because he was a, a, a man living a not, you know, this is not a spectacular life, but it was his own little life and it was unconventional. And do you know what was really nice? The journalist, right, who's narrating it, he does do it with a little glint in his eye, a little chuckle in his voice, because he knows that this is a whimsical story, but he never crosses the line, as we have done, yeah. <laughs> and, turn, and turns it into a piss take. I mean, we, we've done that, but, but we're, fun. we're cunts. We're, we're living in the 21st we're, century. First of all, we're, we're, we're cunts, but we're coming out of 50 years later on. Yeah, exactly. So I we're think, like time travellers, if there's anything. A, there's a statute of limitations when it comes to cunting yeah. people off as well, yeah. isn't there? Yeah. I mean, Alan yeah. Moon will be long dead. Like, No, oh, no disrespect, yeah. but there's no way Alan Moon's still going now. Well, I don't know. Maybe, because how old is he? I can't yeah, tell. He's, he's probably he like 30. <laughs> Even 31. though he looks to yeah. our eyes at eighty, but no. But remember, he 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 retired from the electricity board, well, didn't he? I think you could retire at thirty-one back then. Oh yeah, maybe. maybe I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, anyway, listen. If Alan Moon is a, is alive, or or perhaps the estate of Alan Moon may seek to, yeah. to win damages from us, then we'll cross that yeah. bridge when we come for it. But all I would say is, and this is not to try and protect myself from legal redress, I am a massive Alan Moon fan. I'm delighted oh, yeah. to have come across Alan Moon's life. I'm delighted that the BBC, Auntie Beeb, God bless her, saw mm. fit to document the life and work of Alan Moon in the way that they did, because it's given me a huge amount of joy today. We're all better for it, aren't we? We're all better We're all for all better Alan for Moon. It. And yeah. I can reveal that I am thinking of doing some Alan Moon-themed T-shirts. <laughs> and also some missing Budgery Guard Bureau merchandise. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I think I see you're going to change your name to Alan Moon. Well, I fucking would. Be, it would definitely be a fucking be contender if I did have to change my name. Definitely. Alan Moon, former electricity board employee, turned Budgery Guard seeker. They describe him as a budgery guard Samaritan. <laughs> I also give them advice sure when they get depressed. They can yeah. call me up and I'll talk down the phone to them, talk them back from the edge. <laughs> Fucking great. Um, that's it then for this one. We'll just do some football predictions quickly, Sam. Contractually obliged to do them, unfortunately. Uh, Arsenal versus Bournemouth. 3 0 Arsenal. Yeah, I'll go for. Uh, I'll go 3 0 as well. Nottingham Forest versus Everton. I'll go first on this. Um, I think this will be. 1-1 uh, one, one. 
I'm going to go 1-0 Forest. Okay. Uh, Brighton versus West Ham United. Uh, 1-0. 1-0. I'll go for... Um, I'm going to go 2-1 Brighton. Sorry. They always beat us. Sunderland versus Stoke City. The return of Alex Neil. Um, I'll say... Um, nil nil London versus Stoke City I'm going to say 1-1 ok Manchester City versus Newcastle United finally Manchester City versus Newcastle mm, I think Newcastle is starting to uh, struggle a bit I'm going to say 2-0 Man City 2-0 I'll go for 3-1 Manchester City so that's that that's the episode uh, I do hope you enjoy your weekend as much as is humanly possible um, snip snap snout this tale's told out goodbye goodbye When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.